0: The following contains descriptions of physical violence, sexual violence, and graphic descriptions of autopsies. Hi listeners, this is TGIC episode 17. I'm Jillian. And I'm Izzy. Today we will be covering the unsolved murder of Lauren Agee. We are super excited because this is a fan-recommended episode. So thank you so much, Katniss, for recommending this case. Remember, we really want people to recommend cases. Like, we love covering cases. No, yeah. Fans like, it it's makes so it just so much more special. So, yeah, like, I don't know. It's, like, it's a cool way to engage with our listeners because you guys are telling us what you like to see in our podcast. And we can really give back. So remember, if you want to recommend a case... There is a Google form that is linked under the contact information tab of our website, and, you know, our website's kind of linked on everything. So. Yeah, it's literally on everything. Our Instagram, our... Also, it's on our blog. So... I don't know no one looks at our blog, but if you ever decide to, it, our website's linked there. So let's just get started with this episode. Lauren Taylor Agee was born on August 19th of 1993 in Biloxi, Mississippi. I think that's how you say that. Yeah. Um, she attended and graduated Henderson... Hendersonville—it's a lot. That's a really—that's a mouthful. I always think it's so funny when they have like something that had like, I don't know. Like I feel like it'd be like Henderville or like Henderson. Like Hendersonville's a lot. Hendersonville's a lot of consonants and vowels. That's, a, that's very extra. Yes. So she graduated from Hendersonville High School in Tennessee, and she was really passionate about dance and music, and she was actually on her high school dance team. So I think dance team's, like cheerleading, but like I wish we had more a dancing. Dance team. That sounds so much more interesting. Like kinda like color guard. Are you a dancer? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so uncoordinated. It's really bad. Like I used to take hip hop classes and I was always like two beats behind everyone else. Like there are videos of me on our like family laptop of me like dancing two beats behind oh everyone God. at a concert. <laughs> You guys, hopefully, will never have to see this. Let's hope that if I ever get famous, these don't get leaked. But I was unintentionally put into musical theater this year. Oh, And because we're an online school, we don't actually dance, like, IRL. So we were dancing, like... Like we had to watch a video learn to dance and then record ourselves dancing I have these videos of me dancing to like musical theater stuff, and it's so embarrassing. Like I'm so uncoordinated I just look so like gangly. Yeah, I um, I was watching these happen and filming them half the time It is a sight to be seen Yeah Anyway, I think Lauren was a good dancer. Yeah, because she actually got a dance scholarship to Bethel University in Minnesota and she was going there for a year or so, I guess. And then she actually transferred to Vol State in Tennessee to study criminal justice, which is incredibly, um, ironically darkly ironic, yeah. I guess. She like, like this was like fairly recent, like in the months leading up to her oh, murder, she transferred and studied awful. criminal justice. Like she was a totally different major before. Is that not creepy? That's, no, that is like, really creepy. I've never heard something so like darkly, like ironic, ironic. Yeah, it's uh, so weird. Anyway, her friends and family described her as beautiful, funny, energetic, and super caring, and I really wanted to share this quote from her obituary. Usually, we can't really locate obituaries for cases just because they've become a lot more of, like, a criminal case rather Mm -hmm. than just acknowledging the fact that someone did die in this situation. But I was able to find her obituary online, so I wanted to read this little excerpt from her family and friends about, like, how they feel about her life and I think it's really in a way um beautiful while also cringely 2015 yeah I don't, I don't but um the quote is we celebrate her short time on earth as she soars high above the clouds listening to her favorite Drake songs through blinged out Dre beats no doubt the heavens just got a little more interesting and a lot more fun Aww. See, isn't that like so beautiful? But also yeah. like, holy crap! That's what was 2015? Yeah. yeah, we were only like 10. No, we were only like 10. That's kind of bad. But like, honestly, I remember all like the 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 trends. We're yeah. Like, Jesus, I had a pair. Did you really? I had, like, the ones that had the little monkey on them. (laughs) Tom Frank, It's kind of funny how, like, people were so into, like, those giant chunky headphones, but then all of a sudden AirPods became a thing, like, the next Yeah, and people were like, it's only cool if you can't see that you're listening to music. But literally, beats were, like, a thing, like, the year before, and they, like, were awful. The funniest thing ever is when you see people running with beats on Oh my god, (laughs) they're such, like, an eyesore. Yeah, though they're awful. Okay, so I'm gonna get onto the timeline. So Saturday, July 25th of 2015, Lauren Ag went camping with her friends on a cliff near Pate's Ford Marina in Tennessee, so they could watch a wakeboarding competition called a Wakefest. What is wakeboarding? I honestly don't is really know. I'm like, okay, so I'm trying to remember all of my, like, water sports knowledge from sleepway <laughs> camp. But is wakeboarding the one where, like, you're on, like, a boat or a jet ski and you're, like, on the back, like, on your knees? That's kneeboarding. Oh, uh, I've done kneeboarding. Oh, my God, it was awful. I fell off and, like, they had to come rescue me on, like, a <gasps> jet ski. I've done jet ski. I'm not jet skiing. Water skiing, and that's fun. I, I don't really know what wakeboarding is. Is I wakeboarding, like, standing up? Like I think it, so. It must be, like, a combination of, like, ski... What is it? Water skiing? Yeah. And, like, kneeboarding. Okay, also, don't judge us for this. We don't live anywhere near any lakes or anything. So that's why we don't know. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I think wakeboarding might be, like, you it's kind of like surfing, but you're, like, holding on to a boat. Maybe. I think that is what it is. That sounds right. Yeah. If we're totally off base, we apologize. Yeah, we're really sorry. <laughs> Comment it on our blog and correct us. Okay, well, she was with her friend Hannah Palmer, Hannah's boyfriend Aaron Lilly, and his friend Chris Stout. Dude, these people had some, like, interesting, interesting names. No, that's what I'm thinking. Like, like they have, like, not, like, they're, they're weird or anything. It's just they have, like, very, like, standout names. Like, TV names. That's the yeah. only way can explain no, it. No, it. it sounds like they're, like, characters on a show. Like, that's the kind yeah. of names that they have. And, actually, Lauren had, like, just met Chris and, um... Like, Hannah's boyfriend, Aaron. Wait, that's that's kind of weird. Like, so her friend Hannah was like, yeah, let's go to Wake Fest, but, like, I'm going to have my boyfriend come and his friend come. Yeah, and it's fine that you don't know them. But I just, that would make me really uncomfortable. I don't know about you guys, but I don't know. If I'm, like, spending the night with people, I don't really know that well. I don't know. Well, we're also, like, this is, like, a us thing, but, like, we're really, we're not very good at, like, the whole letting loose thing. Okay, then. To, like, have fun. Yes, okay. So, I just, I feel like we would be super uncomfortable, but, like, I have friends that I think would probably just be like, yeah, let's chill, whatever. Yeah, okay, true. So, later on that night, around 2 a.m., a Wakefest security guard said that he saw the foursome leave a bar after a night of drinking. And he said that he, like, saw them walk down to the lake and board a boat. At 2 a.m.? At 2 a.m. And he said they looked very, very highly intoxicated. Probably you could tell by their stature. Like, you know you can tell. some, Like, if someone's really drunk, you can tell by how they're walking and carrying themselves. And they actually took that boat to their campsite, which was located on, like, a really treacherous island slash outcropping. Well, this all sounds super safe. Yeah, very, very safe. Driving, like, a mechanical boat uh, while you're really drunk at 2 in the morning sounds And it's, like, a... a treacherous terrain, and you're sleeping outside. Yeah. Camping is mm-hmm. never a good idea anyway. Camping is fun, but Camping only is if you at, like, a good, safe place. Yeah. I was forced to go camping with school once. Oh, gee. Adventure Quest. That is not camping. I camped. It was a tent. I had to pitch the tent. We had to cook food in tinfoil over a fire. Okay. It was true. Ridiculous. I was forced. It was for a grade. (laughs) So, more on this treacherous island. On one side, there was like... It was like out of the water. I think you could take a trail up to the top of it. But basically, on either side, there was a drop... On one side, there was 30 feet, and oh on the God. other side, the drop was nearly 90 feet to the water. Holy fucking shit. That's a large drop. That's a freaking large... 30 feet is a fucking large drop. That's like 90 feet is like... 30 feet is like me stacked six times. Yeah. Like, that's really... Oh, my God. Okay. Um. So, moving on. On Sunday, July 26th of 2019... Or 2015, not 2019, sorry... Um, Her friends, like, they woke up, and they were, like, shocked to realize that Lauren was nowhere to be seen. And, I mean, like, I couldn't find anything. Like, they didn't even bother to search for her. They didn't call the police. They didn't do, like, like, they literally didn't tell anyone. They were like, oh, maybe she just went on a walk on this tiny little island that has 90 and 30 foot drops off the side. It is possible, like... I don't know. I wouldn't have been panicked right away. I know, but, like, they didn't even bother looking for her. Okay, well, clearly these people are just, like, not that bright anyway because they're spending their weekend at a wakeboarding contest. In Tennessee? <laughs> yeah, like, so clearly they're not the brightest of folk. Okay, that's just strange. Like. But, yeah, like, I just thought that was really weird because if I woke up and, like, I think, I'm pretty sure that Lauren is to um, Hannah as to I am to you. Okay. So, like, if I woke up and I didn't know where you were, I would not immediately assume, oh, she's going on a brisk walk. Yeah, probably because I would have woken you up to go with me. Yeah. So, I, I just, I think that's really weird. So, like, then after 12 p.m., a man and his son, like, there's no specific time, just in the afternoon, a man and his son went fishing on the lake and they were nearing the island and they saw a neon pink pair of shorts. And they were like, oh, that's kind of weird. So they, like, kind of went closer to it. And they realized that when they got closer, it was the body of a woman. And that woman was then confirmed to be Lauren Agee. So she was just, like, floating in the water? Yeah. Oh, my God. And, um, like, it was just overall kind of a weird thing. Like, we'll talk about more circumstances later. But the police weren't called for a really long time. And then once they were called, like... The police questioned the boys and said that, like, all of them were acting weird. Like, not hungover and, like, teenage weird, but, like, just weird. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm now going to talk about the weeks and the months following the incident. So the police actually quickly determined that there was no evidence of foul play. And they didn't even, like, truly investigate as thoroughly as I think they should have. And I think that everybody believes that they should have because of this and because they determined this so quickly. So, the working theory that they have is that she was, like, intoxicated and she stumbled and fell off of the cliff sometime in the middle of the night. I suppose that theory makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but, like... But if there was, like, a lack of actual investigation, how could they know that for sure? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, the AG family, like, just want justice for their daughter. Even though there's, like, not that much evidence to substantiate, like, a criminal case or taking anyone to court for, like, anything criminal for that matter matter like but they decided to file a wrongful wrongful death lawsuit and you actually still need a like a lot of evidence to do that so can you actually i was actually really confused about this so like what a wrongful death lawsuit is so jill can you explain it a bit okay so a wrongful death suit is a civil case rather than a criminal case like if someone were to be prosecuted for murder that would be considered a criminal case and that would be like the state or the nation versus the defendant who would mm-hmm. be the murdered or suspected murderer. Mm-hmm. But in a wrongful death suit, it's basically like the plaintiff in this case would be her family, and they would be suing the defendant who would be someone who they accused for being, like, responsible for their death, not necessarily, like, I can't, I'm, I'm trying to find the words for this. It wouldn't necessarily mean, like, that you killed, like, let's No, it's just negligence, kind of. It's kind of like negligence. So basically it would be like they did, their actions were res- what caused her death. Like if they had. Like be- they could have avoided it. If they had behaved in a certain way or not behaved in a certain way, she probably wouldn't have been dead. That's what a wrongful death suit is. So it's kind of like a homicide in the way that it's like her death was the responsibility of another person, mm-hmm. but it's just when you can't substantiate a criminal case and the family wants justice, that's the kind of suit that would go through. Yeah, exactly. And they do wrongful death suits to get like damages, which can be like money or other things, and they do this for something called double jeopardy. So basically, if there is more evidence uncovered later, they can still take the people to court for a criminal case to get them put in jail. So, like, they're getting some closure, but it's not, like... It's not the full closure, and it yeah. still leaves open the opportunity for fuller closure later. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Sheila Wysaki, who's a private investigator, and the weirdest part about this is... She was the one who helped to solve the Angela Simota case, which we covered in episode 10. Yeah, so episode 10 actually feels like forever ago. I can't believe that it's been that long. But we cover that case, and it was, like, the whole big, like... I solved my best friend's murder thing. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing this research. And, I, like, mind you, this is a fan-recommended case. So, like, we literally had no idea about this case. We're doing our research. And all of a sudden, I, like, find the source. And I'm reading it. And I'm like, hold up. I know this name. Like, Sheila Wysocki. Like, I know who this is. And I'm looking and I'm looking. And I figure out she has, like, a whole podcast. And she's asking to, like, help find justice for the, this family. And, like, she investigated this case. And I'm like, Izzy... This is like the craziest shit. Like, we, know, we who literally this is. know who this is, and like, I don't know if we've just really gotten too far into the world of True Crime where we're starting to like connect have names everything real, here. But or this is just like some strange like, it's coincidence. It's weird. I don't know. And the thing was, I didn't even know she was still like a practicing private investigator. Yeah, I, I totally misunderstood that when we did that case. I thought she really just got her license, solved that one murder, and she like no, I thought that life. too. So she actually was hired by the A.G. family so that they could gain more evidence for the wrongful death lawsuit. And, I mean, she, like, discovered some, like, kind of shocking and shockingly weird stuff. Especially because the police didn't find it first. Yeah. So she looked over the autopsy and noticed that there was a bite mark that broke the skin on one of A.G.'s breasts. And, I mean, that could be, like, a bunch of different things. What else could it be? No, I mean not like in terms of that, but like it could be caught like it doesn't necessarily have to be involved in how she died. Yeah, so I don't know. That's just weird and she'd never really given an explanation as to why she thought that was interesting. But like it was I assume they figured out if it was a human bite, right? Or like it an was a human bite. bite. Okay. It was a human bite. I mean, she was in like the wilderness. She was. But it was human. Okay. Um, and she also looked over it, and she believed that there was evidence of strangulation. Like, someone had held AG down by her throat, or, like, held her up, or just, like, grabbed onto her throat in a way that would cause damage. Okay. And this is weird. This could mean that there was foul play involved. However, I do have to say that a forensic pathologist of 20 years reviewed her autopsy report again and said that there was actually no sign of foul play And that, like, that was either unrelated or it wasn't actually present. So I don't really know who's right, but I wanted to bring both perspectives to light because I just thought that was kind of weird. Like, why would she publicly say that if she doesn't really have experience? Yeah, I know. And also, she is a PI, but But she's, she's like, a forensic pathologist. Yeah, exactly. Like, a forensic pathologist is going to have, like, very specific specialties regarding autopsy reports. And like Sheila does not have that like exactly. experience or those like special, but spe- what is that word? Specialties. Spe- yeah, specialty abilities. Yeah, and I mean like that's I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. But like, why would she even say that if she wasn't a hundred percent sure? Why would that be released if it could be like I mean, discredited? I think that there's different stuff like when you're a private investigator versus a police. Like they can release stuff that's not necessarily yeah. fully substantiated. Okay, that's true. Um, and then she also, like, hockey investigated and interviewed all the witnesses that the police had previously investigated, like, over again. And she claimed that both Chris and Aaron were acting just, like, really, really weird. Like, she says they were overconfident and that they just had, like, weird inconsistencies. And, I mean, the overconfident thing, I've heard about this in, like, a lot of different cases. Like, if people are, like, so confident that no charge is going to be brought against them... And, like, I don't know. Like, the over... And also, they're, like, not even middle age; They're, like, 20-year-old frat boys. Yeah, I, I don't know. Something about the overconfident thing, I feel like that could either just be a personality trait or maybe they were just nervous about talking to police in general because... Yeah. They, I mean, they were underage drinking, I think. I mean, I'm not quite sure how old they were. It's totally possible it could have been legal, but, like, this is yeah. just, like, you know, messing with information a little bit. But exactly. Um, and she said that when she was interviewing Aaron, he got a call from Chris during the interview. And she said that all she could hear from the call on the other line was Chris saying, Stick to the story. Is that substantiated at all? No. no it like, sounds made up. It sounds made up. And, like, if someone's on the phone and the phone is on their ear like it's not in speakerphone, you're not going to be able to hear that. No, and, like, I, you don't, know, A... If he's literally in the room with her, why would he call? Like, that's not very smart. No, that's dumb. I know they're, like, frat boys, but, like... That's dumb. dumb. They wouldn't even do that. And I just, like, that. something about this lady rubbed me the wrong way. No, same. When we started, like, looking into this a little bit, something is giving me, like, bad vibes. No, like, she just seems kind of crooked. I was, like, almost theorizing earlier, like, what if, like, the whole Angela Simota case, like, traumatized her when she was younger? And, like, no, like... I know it says like the taglines like oh it's her but be- she solved her best friend's murder. I almost got like vibes a little bit that she like wasn't actually super close with her, just like like friendly, just like kind of interesting. Kind of thing. And um, I feel like she was almost like traumatized by that like, case, and like now like tries to insert herself in like other crime like, cases. Yeah, maybe she felt kind of guilty in a way about something that happened in the Angela Smith investigation, or like. At, like, some aspect of it, and that's why she felt like she needed to investigate it. But, yeah, I just feel like... Something is really Something's off. off. And, um, like, she's trying really hard to prosecute these guys who, no, they're not the brightest, and, no, they're probably not innocent, like is, like, fully innocent or anything. Like, I'm sure that there's something up there. But, like, she's trying really hard to, like, prosecute this and, like, with weird little pits of information that no, sound yeah. fake. That sound totally made up. And it's just really rubbing me the wrong way, like you said. No, yeah. Okay, I totally agree. So we just totally went on, like, such a tangent with that theory, but, like, we kind of wanted to share that. Mm-hmm. So, let's just jump into our suspects and theories now. We've kind of already talked a little bit about Chris and Aaron, but we're just going to go into a little bit more detail, and then we have a little surprise later when it comes to our theories. So, Chris Stout was one of the people she went camping with, and again, she didn't know him, (laughs) and this wasn't even her friend's boyfriend, this was her friend boyfriend's friend. Okay. So, like, that's kind of even, like, a longer link away, and... It's a little weird. This part is always going to, like, rub me the wrong way. It's just super strange. But the man and his son who had found her body said that on the way out there, they saw two boys in a canoe hanging onto, like, a houseboat, waiting and looking, like, directly at where her body was. What? Yeah, so isn't that, like, super strange? Like, like, literally just picture them, like, in a boat, like, just kind of staying in the same place, looking right at the spot where her body was. And she was wearing neon pink shorts, too. Like, like you. it would be pretty obvious. Yeah. So, and then apparently they didn't seem panicked or anything. Like, there was no weird signs at all. But then when they were coming back after, like, finding her body, they were, like, screaming, our friend's missing, our friend's missing. And, like, this guy was like, what? this seems really staged. I mean, that, is, that does seem really like, staged. Like, there's <laughs> nothing that could really change that. Who, like, acts, like, that weird? And then the guy finds the body, and then they decide, oh, no, our friend's missing. That... I just, that's so weird, and like the fact that they were looking at them as they were and didn't go over and say anything—they were just like waiting. Yeah, it's super strange. And okay, this gets even like weirder to me. So the day, the day following her disappearance, one day, like not it's like twenty-four hours. Yeah, exactly. The day following her disappearance, Chris posted an Instagram picture from Wake Fest and captioned it, "Best weekend ever." No. And that's just weird to me. What? The day after he found this girl? Okay, I know that he didn't know her personally, and maybe he didn't have, like, the strongest connection with her, but at the same time... A girl is dead. You are vacationing with a girl, and she is dead. And, like, I don't even know how to interpret this. Like, if you did murder her... Is this to make you not look guilty? Or if this was an accident, like, are you just that insensitive? Like, I'm so confused on this. Like, that's just what so... What does this even mean? I don't know how to interpret it. Like, it's so that. sus. I just don't... I don't even know how to explain it. Bad vibes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I'm going to get on to Erin Lilly, who was her... Who was Lauren's boy... Lauren's friend's boyfriend. Um, So he was the other guy that she went camping with, and she did... Like, Lauren didn't know him very well, and that's just suspicious kind of anyway. Yeah, no, I, like, I don't know. Something gives me weird vibes about going... Like, I keep saying vibes. That's <laughs> so annoying. Weird vibes. I kind of I hate that I keep saying vibes. But it gives... It's, like, weird. Like, I wouldn't want to go on a trip with someone I didn't know. Yeah, no, that's the same with me. But I guess if, like, her friend was there, her, like, close friend, and she trusted them, like, I, don't, I wouldn't see a reason not to trust them, you know? Yeah. And, like, actually, this is... I thought this was really important to add. He actually has a history of abusive relationships, and two of his previous girlfriends came out and stated that he was abusive both physically and mentally, including Hannah Palmer, which was his current girlfriend then. Oh my god. So that's just like, I don't know, that's just really not good, because now you know that he has violent tendencies. Yeah. And I mean, with a lot of murderers or rapists, you see that in their past, and that's kind of interesting, too it's it's just weird it's like it's like a weird little fact like i again it's like the instagram picture like i don't know what to do with that that could be so unrelated like he could just be like an abusive asshole or he literally could be a murderer yeah you know? exactly and we just don't know i know and like both of these guys just seem so odd to me like it's just you don't know they could have snapped they could have done something they regretted and had to get rid of the evidence like i don't know it was just yeah. i don't know I don't okay know. so let's go into theories So, we really wanted to change it up a bit today. So, Izzy and I did not talk about, like, what we actually think happened in this case with each other beforehand, and we're going to, like, share individually what we think happened. We were kind of feeling like we are in a little bit of a podcast rut, and Mm -hmm. we, like, wanted to change it up a little bit. Yeah. So, we're just going to, like, we didn't talk about this whatsoever. Like, we talked about how suspicious these guys were. We talked about, like, the process and the timeline. We have not said at all, like, what we actually think happened in this case, so we're just going to do that right now and, like, react to each other, so that's kind of exciting. So, Izzy, you want to go first? Okay, so my personal theory about this case is that, okay, they came home, or not home, they came back to the camping site and they were all drunk, and, like, Lauren, I don't know how any of these people take alcohol, I don't know necessarily how drunk any of them were, but personally... And also another thing is they never like talked about if she had any signs of rape or sexual assault. Yeah, which I found kind of interesting because the vice thing is a little bit sexual. Yeah. So uh, coming from a place where I don't really know about that background, I personally think that something happened. Like maybe one of the guys got like too touchy on her or like sexually assaulted her. And, I mean, obviously, that's, like, not good. And she didn't, like, I, I don't even know how to phrase this. But, um like, I think something happened in terms of sexual assault or rape. And they either felt bad about it or she got really mad and angry. And I think maybe it's possible that they wanted to get rid of her and make sure that it didn't come back to them. That makes sense because I can see that, like, you're a college kid, This situation's gonna mess you up, like, as Mm -hmm. it should, like, it should mess up your reputation. Yeah. But they decided to, I don't know, take matters into their own hands. Yeah. Like, crazy psychopaths. And I mean, they're in an environment where it's easy to make something seem like an accident. You know what I mean? They're on this giant island that has big drop-offs. They could, and she was intoxicated. Like, they could literally push her, and it would be like, it could be totally, like, seen as an accident, like it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just... That's something that I feel like would... Could potentially happen, but I really don't know with this case. Like, I feel like there could be so many different... Yeah. ...reasons for what happened. So, I have a bit of a different theory than you, because I'm... Now I'm excited, because I was a little worried you were going to, like, say my theory, and then we would have nothing else to talk about, but... Sorry, I just like had a burp in my mouth and I had to pause. Please cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my theory is actually that they came back to the campsite at like two a.m. or whatever. They were all really drunk, and then I think that either something happened that night where either she like there was like an accidental fall or something where she fell mm-hmm. and like injured herself or something, or she just straight up fell in the water. And I, like, I don't really know, like, that could have happened, like, any time that, like, e- that, in that night or, like, in the early morning. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really know what time that would happen but my theory is that there was some sort of, like, accident, basically, where she fell into the water or, like, injured herself, and then, like, I don't know, either the guys thought that, like, it would look like they did something to her, so they decided mm-hmm. to get rid of her body in the ocean, Or, she, like, literally just fell, or, like, what, I don't know, maybe they got into, like, an argument of some kind. Yeah. And then she, like, I don't know, she literally could have tripped if she was drunk and just fallen into the water. Like, the thing is, I feel like this case could really go either way. You have two dirtbags who totally could have done something, but you have no proof against them. But then you also have treacherous terrain... And a mix of alcohol and booze that could have led to someone accidentally falling. No, so I totally think that it's possible that she actually just, like, accidentally fell in some way. And then the guys, being, like, total assholes and not wanting to be, like, somehow connected to a crime or at fault for this, like, basically tried to, like, cover it up and, like, stage her falling down a cliff, basically. But, like, that's not, like, but they had no knowledge of it. Like, they basically staged it to make it look like they had no idea what happened to her just so they wouldn't be connected. So I think the wrongful death suit is, like, going down the right direction. Yeah, Because I don't really think that they killed her, but I do think that it was their fault, in a way. Yeah, okay, I totally agree with that. Because I don't really think... I mean, if one of them were to murder her, they have no motive, they don't know her. And, I mean, if some accident... Like, I, yeah, I truly think it either was an accident regarding her falling and they didn't want to be at fault, or maybe they just got angry and upset about something and lashed out. I just don't see that happening. I just don't see what kind of argument could lead to that. All I can see is that there was, like, an accident, and then they thought that they were going to be, like, somehow connected to it being their fault. And, like, again, they're frat boys. I don't really know what their knowledge of the criminal justice system is <laughs> Like, what if they were literally like, oh, my gosh, she fell in front of us. It's, oh, we killed her. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, literally, okay. I mean, it's, there's any sort of thought process that could have occurred where they just, like, they saw it happen in a way, and they didn't want it to, like, be seen as their fault, so Mm -hmm. they, like, basically went in the other direction. And they were like, okay, ready to cover this up. Yeah, and then they were like, oh my gosh, our friend is missing, come help us find her. Um, That actually does sound like more of a working theory. No, I think that makes more sense That does make a lot more sense, because, like, they didn't know her. Yeah, exactly, that's the other thing. It's not like this was, like, a friend. Like, I feel like they may be assholes, but I feel like if it was, like, a good friend, like, if, let's say it was Hannah instead. Yeah. This was this guy's like girlfriend, and I just then there's more, and you know that he's abusive. Then there's more of a chance that it's something more of him. But I feel like they would have. But if um, my point of that was actually just that, like if there was a close friend, they may have like said something like, "Oh my gosh, she felt like we're really worried about her." Like, I just feel like there would have been a little bit more action, but, like, they didn't know this girl. Yeah. Like, it looks suspicious anyway that they were going away with this girl. They didn't know, and then she dies. And then, I mean, that also kind of makes sense why Chris would post that. Yeah, exactly. If he didn't have, like, a connection. Like, maybe he was like, oh, well, maybe I just gotta make myself, like, look really far away from this. Yeah, like, distance himself? Yeah, I don't know. It's so strange. This is so weird. And I mean, like, I don't... It was a really strange case, so actually, thank you, Katniss, for recommending this because we've been going down the it, rabbit hole for yeah. Please recommend cases. We love your recommendations. Please do. It makes it so much more fun to research. I know. And, like, it's just... I don't know. It helps us a little bit. Sometimes we're, like, stuck a little bit and we'll do really similar cases. And it's such a weird thing to, like, find cases. But like, I never heard of this case beforehand. No, I hadn't either. So, you guys, like, if you know true crime cases, tell us to look into them, please. And If you have a connection to any either, then, yeah, just, yeah, just let us know. Let us know. So, this was the case of Lauren Agee. If you have any interesting theories regarding this case, like Izzy and I did, Mm -hmm. make sure to share them on our blog or email us at teengirlsinvestigatecrime at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram at tgic.podcast. Tune in next week to hear about the haunting disappearance of Johnny Gosh. Bye!